Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Championship Roundtable Podcast. I'm your host, James Vickers. You can reach us on the show on our Twitter page, which is at Championship Pod. So make sure you give us a follow on there to get involved with everything that we tweet about throughout the week. And every pin show is also, or every show is our pin tweet rather, each week. So definitely give us a follow and then you won't miss an episode. Um, I'm joined by Jake today. Um, obviously, we'll, we'll go back to the weekend just gone, um, sort of games from there, Jake. First of all, um, I'll sort of throw it over to you. Um, quite a few standout results from my point of view, um, but I just want to see, first of all, um, sort of any standout games for you and, and see if we're sort of agreeing on, on what games stood out for us over the past weekend. Yeah, I'll just get, give us a quick rundown of the results as, as we usually do on this show. Uh, I'll, I'll include the Tuesday night game because it was uh, one that was carried over. It's Derby beating Wigan 2-1. Um, quite a big one for the playoff picture. Uh, moving on to Friday night, Norwich getting quite a big 1-0 win at home against Swansea in what can be a difficult game against Graham Potter's side. Uh, then moving on to Saturday, Preston won in the early kickoff, 1-0 away to Blackburn in the local derby, which is a huge win. I'm sure we'll come on to those a little bit later. Uh, another early kickoff, Sheffield United beat Rotherham 2-0 um, to, to continue their surge towards promotion. In the three o'clock kickoffs, uh, a big story at West Brom, which we'll come on to, but they drew one all against bottom side Ipswich. Bolton with with what is a huge win uh, at home against Millwall two one. Bristol City losing to Leeds one uh, 0 which is a little bit surprising considering their form at Ashton Gate. Derby drew one all with Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, Brentford got a big win away to Middlesbrough two one. Nottingham Forest beat Hull three 0 as Hull's wretched away form continues. Uh, QPR and Stoke drew nil nil in a game that saw a player sent off on either side, and then Reading got a, a late late winner uh, against Wigan, coming from two uh, one down the last few minutes to to win three two. Then obviously on Sunday uh, the local derby, Birmingham against Aston Villa, which finished one nil to Aston Villa, which again has a few stories that we're going to come back to. Yeah, so in terms of, of sort of standout games from this weekend, the one that immediately jumps out from me, and so quite a lot of the show today is focused on the top half of the table, so. You know, it'd be silly of me not to focus my attention for a moment on the sort of the relegation battle, and that game was the the Reading Wigan game. Um, obviously, Reading leaving it late last week against Ipswich, you know, to to nick the winner, and for most of the game were sort of on the back foot to, to Wigan. Obviously, they got the equaliser just before half time, but then old Preston boy Joe Garner midway through the second half put Wigan back in front. And, you know, same as last week, for a team that's struggling against relegation, at that point, you know, with a minute or so left, it'd be easy for heads to go down. But credit to, to Reading, you know, to, to fight back. First of all, get the equaliser in the 89th minute. You know, most teams around the bottom of the table would be content with a point there, scoring in the last minute. But, you know, the added time that was added on, they they pushed and pushed and, and you know, finally got that winner, which, you know, for them is a massive, massive win. And, you know, drags Wigan down into that sort of dogfight now at the bottom. 
sort of looking from Reading in 19th down to obviously Ipswich, I think, uh, are more or less gone now. You know, there's six teams there that are all battling relegation. And, and for Reading to claw Wigan back into that and, you know, add another team to the mix is absolutely massive. For not only them, but, you know, the likes of Millwall and Rotherham as well. So in terms of a standout game, um, that's definitely one I'd highlight. The other one for me that stands out is the the Leeds United win away at Bristol City. Obviously, Bristol have been you know flying in in sort of recent months, really sort of pulled their way up the table from where they were sort of around October. So for Leeds to go there, you know they've been a little bit hit and miss um, in recent weeks. Leeds, you know the the defeat at home to West Brom, one that stands out in the manner in which they lost. Uh, West Brom, sorry, uh, Norwich is one that really stands out. So for them to go there, Ashton Gate, never an easy place to go for any team and and get a win. Patrick Bamford scoring early on, um, you know, really sort of silences any sort of potential doubters who were sort of waiting for, for cracks to open up in the sort of the Leeds sort of team. So they're the two games for me that stand out in particular. I'll get on to sort of players that stood out for me um, shortly. But sort of for you, Jake, are there any games in particular that either I've touched on there um, or any that I haven't touched on that stood out for you? Yeah, there's a few. Uh, obviously, I think the biggest win for me was Brentford away to Middlesbrough, um, mainly because Middlesbrough are normally so reliable at home. Um, or, you know, at least you'd think they are. Uh, but I might be saying that completely incorrectly let's have a look where they are um so yeah the home form isn't great actually which which is surprising to me they're down at 15th uh in in the home form table which just shows what i know off the top of my head um but no that was surprising for me because um brentford on the other hand are very bad away and it's been the one thing sort of keeping them down that they're 19th in the form table away from home and that was only their second win away all season so yeah that was um a huge win uh and one that pushes brentford on the fringes of that playoff conversation, I don't think they're quite in it yet. Um, six points is a lot, uh, and not only six points. You know, they've got another six teams ahead of them, um, but, um, outside this playoff position. So, it would take quite a big turnaround for them to get in there. But it does keep them in that conversation, and, and it is a huge win, uh, and continues to show why Middlesbrough are, uh, are struggling because, you know, two wins in the last six matches, two losses in that in that time. Um, I think if 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 Bristol City and Derby hadn't, you know, fallen off a cliff like they have, they'd, they'd probably be out of that playoff position. So one to keep an eye on Middlesbrough. I think I tipped them a few weeks ago to, to not finish in the playoffs. Um, at the time, I think that was a, a bit of a out there suggestion, but I think it's it's starting to look more and more likely. I still think they'll probably, you know, they probably will finish in those positions, but it's, they're far from certainties, especially, you know, you've got Preston, Aston Villa, Forest all pushing um upwards and if that that point gap decreases more and more i think you know with still 10 10 10 11 games to go depending who you are it is you know still possible that two three four teams could take over middlesbrough so yeah they wanted to keep an eye on um yeah that's the that's the main one for me obviously the reading game was a big one because of the late drama um it would have been quite um quite a quite a hit for them if they'd have lost in that game um to at home against a, a rival at the bottom of the table. I think they'd have finished just outside the um, relegation zone, just on goal difference, following um, tied with Rotherham. So it was quite important they got that win and they did get that. Uh, and now they'll have their sights of climbing away from the bottom three under Gomez, because I think there have been a lot of positive signs. And if you look at those bottom six teams, I think Reading, they, they are 
above the other five, but I think you would say they are the best team out of those six. So no surprise that they are starting to pull away, even if it is quite slowly. Um, the Leeds game as well, it's surprising because of Bristol City's form at home. But, you know, that Leeds are a good team. They've got some very good players. And we know on their day they can absolutely destroy any team in this division. So I think that's a, a massive one for them. But yeah, I think that the, the main one for me was the Brentford win. Yeah, I completely agree with you in terms of the, the Brentford win. And it, it fills me with a lot of confidence then going to Middlesbrough tomorrow night um, in the midweek kickoff for us. You know, if we're to, to keep up that, that charge on the playoffs, you know, those are the kind of games against teams around us that we need to be winning. Um, but to move on to sort of standout players from the weekend, there was two that I wanted to highlight. Um, one from a selfish, I say selfish point of view, um, from a Preston point of view. And it's a player that's really gone under the radar this season. And, you know, for me, quite happily, I think if, if teams, especially in the top half of this division, see how good this lad is, I think there'll be a lot of sort of potential clubs after him in the summer. And that's Jordan Story. Signed him from um, Exeter City in the summer. You know, an unknown quantity. He played for them in their, their playoff final defeat last season. And, you know, it's one of these players that we always seem to take a, a punt on and in recent times has really paid off. You know, the lad's only 21 years old and, you know, looks like a seasoned professional now at the back. It took him, you know, a few sort of months to get into the team, but I don't think it's any coincidence really for us that from sort of October onwards where Story's been in the team with Davis, you know, you look at the table since October, I think we'd be fourth. You know, we've conceded in the last 10 games, the joint fewest goals in the division with Sheffield United, um, six conceded in the last 10, which is, you know, phenomenal for, you know, a team with a 23-year-old and a 21-year-old at the heart of the defence. So massive praise for him again. He was absolutely phenomenal on on Saturday lunchtime uh, away at Blackburn. You know, a player going into sort of their first real big derby match away from home would be easy for them to be, you know, almost like a rabbit in the headlights, but really stepped up and, and kept Blackburn, you know, quiet for the large majority of the game. They had a few sort of half chances um, at sort of different times throughout the second half, but never really looked sort of like they were going to trouble us. So massive praise for him, and and hopefully we can keep hold of him in the summer. Um, the second one for me that sort of stands out, and I'll move to Nottingham Forest for this, and I'll, as usual, probably butcher his name, um, but Anne Sarifard, who came on, brought on in the 60th minute, when the game was nil-nil and, you know, within 15 minutes, he's got a goal and an assist, got the assist for the first goal that Carvalho scored and then got the second goal three minutes later himself. And, you know, a real sort of game changer there for Martin O'Neill, um, sort of bringing him on and, you know, keeps Nottingham Forest chasing on that, that sort of pack with the playoffs. I think they're eighth at the moment, you know, a couple of uh, points outside the playoffs just behind Derby County. And I think only Bristol are in between the two of them. So, Massive win for them against the whole side, which, you know, have picked up, but have struggled again in recent weeks. But, you know, for Forrest to sort of maintain on that playoff push, you know, they need to be winning those kind of games. And, and for him to come on, have the impact that he did, I think, was vital for them. And, and, you know, seeing the highlights really sort of impressed me with sort of how direct he was when he came on. So they'd be the two for me that stood out. Um, no doubt you'll have two different me jake as, as you normally do um or this week have you sort of gone for similar now i've got a couple of different ones um uh focusing on that middlesbrough brentford game as, as that's a game i saw quite a lot of this weekend uh again i thought ben rama was very very impressive and i think on current form he's probably you know arguably the the best player in the division on, on current form he's got 
five goals and an assist in his last four um, this season. He's now up to nine goals and eleven assists. You know, if you if as he probably will go through ten goals and ten ten assists in in a single campaign, that's that's impressive and shows his versatility in attack for Brentford. You know, he can create chances, he can score chances. Uh, and I think there's a little bit of, you know, the, his career path to now uh, and now starting in the championship. There's a little bit of Riyad Mahrez about him. Maybe not so much his play style, um, but, you know, he's come from the second division in France to, to the second division in in England. It was quite highly rated when he was breaking through at Nice, got a handful of games in league gun, but uh, didn't break through there. So, he, you know, played a lot in the second division on loan. And now he's come over here and he, he's looked really, really good at this level. Uh, and I now, now think he is, a, you know, one of the best players in the division. Looks really good against Middlesbrough. Got a goal, caused a lot of problems for Middlesbrough, a good defensive team, you know, good on the dribble, um, always looking to get the shot away. I think he's a really positive player. Uh, and very difficult to play against. Uh, and in his current very, uh, current run of form, they'll be full of confidence. And I think that's coming through in, in what, is, what he's showing for Brentford. And I think he's a player like Ollie Watkins, like Neil Morpé, that is probably going to be on his way at the end of the season. And there'll be Premier League clubs, there'll be top European clubs looking at these players because Brentford, they, they've just got such an eye for talent. And I think Ben Rama now is really shining in that front line when you think the other two are, are, are we've been giving them so much praise this year but I think he's now the one that's really showing himself to to be the, the star man for for Brentford and he was again very good at the weekend uh, and then uh, again we'll focus on a little bit later the West Brom Ipswich game we'll talk a lot about West Brom what's going on there but for Ipswich I thought John Nolan was very good uh, got a goal um, was very good on the ball didn't give, give it away much uh, and sort of dominated proceedings in the middle of the park in Ipswich had 22 shots to uh, West Brom's 16 in that game and they're well on top and worthy of their worthy of their point if not more so I think it was really good performance from Ipswich and John Nolan was the, the standout man there obviously getting the goal but he did a lot more besides that as well so those two are the ones for me that stood out this weekend. Yeah, obviously you touched on the the Darren Moore situation. Then it'd be a sort of a good time to sort of come on to that. Obviously, sacked, I believe, in the tunnel um, directly after that draw with Ipswich, and you know, immediately when sort of the news broke on social media, I was sort of shocked with that. For you know, a team in the table at the moment, fourth. Okay, they're uh, you know sort of seven points back on on third, but you know, by no means having a bad season for. A team that have just come down from the Premier League, you only have to look at the likes of Stoke, who came down last season, who are sitting down in 16th. West Brom, I think, are 16 points ahead of them. You know, massive sort of different uh, difference in points there. And, you know, two defeats and a draw in his last three games, you know, isn't particularly good for a team who were, you know, at that point looking to challenge for the automatic promotion places. But, you know, they're well inside the playoffs. They've got that six-point buffer in the playoffs, playing, you know, really good football. You know, the the squad that they've got, you know, isn't the youngest squad by any means, but that that sort of forward line that they've got, you know, the likes of Rodriguez, Gale and Murphy, you know, on their day can give anyone um, sort of a run for their money in the division. So, Definitely surprised that they 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 you know got rid of him for a manager that came in you know the back end of last season when you know their fate was more or less sealed and and you know put together a you know a run of 
decent results for a team that, you know, were facing relegation and ultimately ended up getting relegated, you know, had the fans on his side, um, you know, uh, a player that had been around the club a lot in his playing days. For, you know, him to come in, steady the ship, kick on again in the championship, which, you know, as I touched on, isn't an easy league by any stretch of the imagination. I just find it sort of baffling, really, that, you know, they have got him and, and sort of looking at the names that are going to be sort of touted around now, obviously, Alex Neal at Preston has been, you know, heavily linked today by Sky Sports News, so make of that what you will, and, you know, Slavisi Kanovic, so looking at them too, sort of from my point of view, obviously, wouldn't want Neil to leave, I think, out of the two, they'd probably go for Jukanovic, you know, a, a manager that's got a, you know, a pedigree in this division, got promoted with Fulham last year, playing, a, you know, attractive attacking football, which, you know, by all accounts is what West Brom fans want to be playing. Um, whether they have the the sort of players for that at the moment uh, to do that on a regular basis, you know, remains to be seen. But, you know, out of Jukanovic and Neil, you know, they'd probably lean towards Jukanovic just for that, that sort of promotion on his CV from the division, you know, ultimately uh, that's what they want, which is why they got rid of, of Darren Moore, obviously didn't see him as the right man fit to, you know, take them up into the Premier League. But, you know, by all accounts, it's it's a very weird sacking. You know, there's probably about 20 other teams in the division that you can make a case for, you know, getting rid of their manager before West Brom got rid of Darren Moore. Um, so, you know, Really shocked by it. Um, don't understand why they did it. And, you know, for them now, coming into the business end of the season, you know, their sort of future for this season is really going to be up in the air. Um, what's sort of your opinion on this, Jake? Are you sort of have the same mindset or did you think that, you know, the sacking was, was justified? If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I think it's harsh, but I can see a little bit why they've done it. Um, I th- we can come on to, to sort of the racist conversation that's going on in the media, uh, especially on talk sports stations like that a little bit later, because I think it's worth touching on. But if you look at it, um, if you look at their squad, um, 
yeah, I, I, and as a sport of a club that has been relegated and come straight back up, it's not easy. Uh, and we've seen Villa, like you mentioned, we've seen Stoke, they, they struggled. It's not easy. And, and to get them into that playoff position, uh, is, he's done a really good job. He's stabilised it there and he does deserve a lot of credit for that. But Jessica, these last three games, they, they were in a position where they could push on to challenge the top two. Uh, and, and some of his quotes have been quite worrying. Uh, I said it a few weeks ago, um, just after the Sheffield United game, he said, oh, it was it was one game too far for us. Uh, we've run out of steam. Very worrying to be saying that at the end of February. Uh, and since then, obviously, got battered away to Leeds. Got outplayed by the team bottom of the table, who have only won three times a season. Uh, got a point. Could have, been, could have been worse. And I think his comments kind of were true. What, I think what... Looking back at that, he's sort of saying, "Yeah, it, it, this is this is us now. This we this it, it, I've taken this as far as as I can." It, it it maybe wasn't saying that, but looking back, it does sort of sort of suggest that he was, and it it, it was a worrying quote at the time. And looking back, it just it and and results since then it showed that it was it was a very poorly judged quote, uh, and sometimes just one one quote in the media can't can really affect a team. And, and West Brom have not been as good since only three games but in those three games they've, they've not been good at all uh got absolutely ripped apart at Leeds which which isn't good for a team at, at near the top of the table challenging for promotion and, and then to get outplayed by Paul Lambert's tips which is, is embarrassing um I think yeah he probably deserved more time it was harsh he'd done really well to get them there but was he gonna turn it around this year was was were things gonna improve a lot I'm, I'm not so sure um and if you see it from from West Brom's point of view, is that the the cutbacks they're going to have to make if they stay in the Championship, like to get back to the Premier League at the first attempt, is what every relegated club club wants. If you do it, but if you don't do it, you have to make significant cutbacks unless you've got a big, rich owner. And I don't think West Brom got owners prepared to put you know that money in that, that Villa have done. So I think it's 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 worth making that switch now. But if you're going to make it, you're going to need to have somebody. To, to step in I'm not sure they've got that so it does seem a little bit panicked um, a little bit of a panicked decision because we haven't heard an announcement yet which which you'd have expected but in their current position nine points of automatics that's, that looks unlikely um, but if they can you know build up some momentum coming into the playoffs I think they'd be many people's favourites for that just the players they've got Gale uh, Johansson Murphy Rodriguez, Livermore, it is a very, very good squad. Um, so yeah, whoever gets that job is going to be landing on their feet and, and has got a real chance of promotion. Um, and just, I think we should just touch on on the the, the meet. Some of the media said it is sort of showing the the institution of racism, racism of football. Um, I think it's 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 a it's a bad sort of landmark to to happen for black coaches in football because um, I think Darren Moore could have been a pioneer for getting more, more black managers in the game which which there should be um, but if, you know a similar decision was made on Itil Karanka a few weeks ago they were in the playoffs um, Nottingham Forest and the expectations of, of Nottingham Forest this season were to challenge for promotion but you'd argue their squad isn't as good as West Brom's and, and they, they, they haven't been in the Premier League for a long time so that decision to sack Ito Karanka or, you know, that parting of ways that that was made, it's it 
it's similar to that, and and there's been other other there've been other sackings like this in the championship. Gary Rowett a few years ago at Birmingham, uh, Paul Clement at Derby. They were they were in the top six when when that decision was made. These things happen in the championship, and, and I don't think it it shows any sort of institutional racism. And I think it, it in the the modern age of of the media sort of getting outraged by things and and trying to find an angle when they're not there. I think it's another example of that. I think it's very unfortunate. Uh, I, I I would have liked him to have been given more time, um, but I can see why they've done it. Um, I don't think it's the most ridiculous second to, to happen in recent years by by any stretch. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, James? Yeah, I agree in terms of of, of sort of the, the points you made there. I think the sort of the one point I kind of agreed with with sort of the talk sport sort of review of it sort of as a whole was the fact that. I think West Brom initially, you know, towards the end of last season, they gave him the job, obviously, as a caretaker manager. I don't think at that point they envisaged him, you know, staying on for the long term. I think it was, you know, someone who knew the club coming in and wasn't necessarily their choice to be manager. But with, you know, how well he did at the end of last season, you know, similar to how Solskjaer is doing now, for example, at United. And, the, and Di Matteo a few years ago, these things happen. It, yeah, it, I think... It, these things do happen and, and and then they get moved on. Uh, they get moved on. Like, is Solskjaer going to be there this time next year? Maybe not. You know, they get forced into these decisions. I don't think it... it I, I I agree that West Brom didn't want him, but I don't think it's it's because of his race or anything like that. I think that's yeah, stretching. Yeah, I think at the time, obviously, they probably would have had sort of candidates in mind and you know, put him in temporary charge rather than getting someone in straight away to give themselves that time to, you know, obviously find the suitable candidate. But, you know, with how well he did, I think they had no choice but to keep him on. Um, so I think there's probably been a bit of a tone there, especially with his comments that obviously you said he, he made in the media over the last few weeks about how they, you know, they, they've run out of steam, that kind of thing. There's There's probably been that sort of mindset from them that, you know, this isn't necessarily a manager that we would have wanted in, you know, first choice. So I think there's been a bit from them of, you know, looking for the first sign of things going wrong, sort of, so to speak, for them to, to you know, get him out and, you know, take their time now to, to get someone in. But I think obviously, yeah, don't agree with the sacking sort of from, from my point of view. You know, I can understand why why people would say, you know, they were right to get rid of him. But I think for a team you know, fourth in the division, you know, going well. And, and as you said, if they do get into the playoffs, which is looking likely, the experience that they've got in that that midfield, especially, you know, the likes of Livermore, Gareth Barry, you know, I'd, I'd fancy them, especially over a two-legged game, um, you know, to to sort of do well against any team in the, the playoffs at the moment. And, you know, fourth by all accounts, you know, I can understand if they were down in sort of, say Preston's place, you know, challenging for the players, but not inside and the owners were getting a bit twitchy. But, you know, it's very rare that a team, obviously, even a Newcastle fan, Jake, is, is the best example of a team, you know, bouncing straight back. But how often does that happen? You know, not not every season by by all accounts. It's, you know, once every sort of five or six years, a team will come down and be, you know, well-placed to go straight back up. So I think they need to take a step back and, you know, be realistic about where they, they should be at the moment. And I think their position in the league at the moment is, you know, probably where they should be. Um, obviously, there are better squads in the division. But, you know, by by all accounts, you know, I'd bite the hand off to be in the position they're in at the moment. So, I uh, yeah, don't don't really understand it from that point of view. I, but um, I, And I agree with you then, but I think it 
it's it's a it's a professional sport and and if you're gonna take a gamble you should take it now if if yeah. it carried on for another five games i don't think there'd be a chance to to do this so i think it's harsh and i think it, it's it's i wouldn't have made the decision but if it pays off then it, it will look like a, a very good decision um i think that the, the first sort of example we're going to get is is their next game because if the players turn up and play well then it's gonna look like a good decision if they sort of take their foot off the gas and, and have been affected by the second in, in a negative way like Birmingham were a few seasons ago it's going to look like a bad one but it's harsh but I think he's going he's to be fine out of it I think another club will, will quite happily come in for Darren Moore I think he's shown enough during his, his time at West Brom um, so yeah I think, he, I think he'll get another job in it and it'll be richly deserved and I think he'll have learned a lot from, from this experience so you know hopefully he does get another job and, and goes on to, to great successes because I think he's got potential to do so but maybe you know managing a a club that's just come down from from the Premier League is is quite a difficult one with the expectation, especially from the owners. So, yeah, it's it, it is it's a difficult sacking, but you know the, these things happen. So, yeah, I can definitely see him going into sort of another job, sort of especially in the Championship around sort of a mid-table side and and doing well for them. So, you know, best of luck to him in the future. And I don't think it will be too long. You know, probably over the summer where where sort of managers sort of tend to change that he's uh, sort of back in a job and, and you know back in the championship so um, I don't think he'll be out of work too long um, sort of by any means um, the sort of next topic and I'm going to sort of tie two together because obviously we're going to sort of move on to predictions now for for the weekend and one game that I was going to preview last out of the three, um, but we'll sort of move this to the front. Is the Aston Villa Middlesbrough game, and just wanted to get your thoughts, Jake, on first of all, obviously how you see the game going at the weekend. But obviously, there's been a lot in the media about the obviously the Jack Grealish incident, and you know, on the same day there was the incident with a, a fan at the Emirates running on and sort of uh, approaching Chris Smalling for Man United. What did you make of the incident? Do you think obviously the the punishment for the fan was was sort of justified um or would you like to have seen sort of a heavier punishment given to him um and how do you think sort of that incident can be sort of avoided in future yeah it's it's yes it was obviously not great to see i don't think anybody condones what happened um and it's not the sort of thing we want to be seeing obviously um alcohol had been taken on um some of the cheering as well that the that the bloke got after he'd done it, I think those those people would be looking at themselves in the mirror and thinking, oh, we should really shouldn't have been advocating that. Um, obviously, in the heat of the moment, you know, we've all been in crowds at football matches and, you know, cheered something perhaps we shouldn't have done, but it, it wasn't great to see. And, and, and obviously, Jack Grealish was was lucky that, you know, it was that was that was all it was because, you know, could be even worse. We know, we know, the types of things that that happen in the world, you know, if it, if it was just a punch, it could have been something a lot worse, and you, you should never, you know, they, they, it should never have been allowed to get into that position. And from what I've read, um, Birmingham City have, 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 you know, sold off their security to an outside firm that hire a lot of people that perhaps aren't as trained as they should be, um, and that is partly the reason why um, it was so shoddily officiated in the stands. Uh, obviously, we saw as well a steward sort of getting taken away by the police, which was funny, but also it's quite, quite a quite a negative thing for Birmingham City that one of their own stewards is sort of getting taken away by the police for sort of also going for Grealish during his goal celebration. Shouldn't really shouldn't really be be allowed for these things to happen. There should be professionals in the crowd. And they should be be able to sort of police the crowd in 
in these sort of games. Obviously, with a derby game, you think there'd be extra security and things like that going on. So it was it was not great. Um, I I think it's just it's just a one-off incident. Though. It's just, it's, it, it, and I know it happened at, at at Arsenal later that day, but would it have happened at Arsenal if it hadn't have happened at, at Birmingham? I don't think so. I think that 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 the media sort of giving him so much coverage is is egg to somebody else on to do a similar thing to sort of be a sort of you know have his you know 10 five minutes of fame as well so you know the media have got got a part to play they shouldn't be given giving these people any sort of uh publicity for for their acts because it just encourages other people to do the same so that, but moving on to the game itself um i think villa are in good form uh won their last two in the last game i, I said i thought they'd beat birmingham when it did that and i said that i think they've got an outside shot of getting the playoffs and nobody will be wanting to play against them so yeah, I think that's that's, that's pretty much true. Um, home against Middlesbrough, uh, big game. I think they're they're probably going to win it. To be honest, I think they're in such such good form. Obviously, that could change if if they don't win in the week. Um, but if they do, uh, and then go and beat Middlesbrough, they'll be you know beating a close rival Nottingham Forest on Wednesday. They're going to beat Middlesbrough. They'd be flying into 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 that playoff contention. I think they've got the the players. The, the players' equality, especially in attack, to, to do it. So yeah, I think they're going to win again. And I say 2-0 Aston Villa in this one. Yeah, I agree with you that I think Aston Villa will win this one. I think, you know, for Middlesbrough, obviously the defeat to Brentford last time out was sort of damaging for them in terms of, uh, of sort of their playoff hopes. I think what will sort of give me a better sort of idea of them at Middlesbrough, should I say, or sort of for the weekend is how they go against us tomorrow. Um, you know, five away wins on the bounce for us. So, you know, fantastic away from home. And Middlesbrough have been struggling at home, as you mentioned. So if they go into that Aston Villa game away from home, on you know, on a run of back-to-back defeats against two teams pushing for the playoffs, I can see them being a bit nervous. And, you know, Villa look good against Birmingham, obviously Derby match. So, you know, as the old cliche goes, form goes out the window. But I think, you know, Villa will probably shave that one. Um, I think, yeah, probably, as you said, it will be sort of a comfortable-ish game for Villa. I think, you know, Middlesbrough might cause them a few problems, but I'd uh, I'd fully expect um, Aston Villa to win that one. So I'll go with you and go for a 2-0 as well. Um, the second game that I wanted to touch on is the early game on Saturday, and that's uh, Leeds United against Sheffield United, obviously massive game at the the top of the table. You know, leads ahead of Sheffield United at the moment. Um, you know, sort of only just uh, sort of looking at the table now, which is down to the fact that they're playing, and obviously Sheffield United. Um, oh, sorry, are also playing, but both both drawing at the moment. Um, how do you sort of see that game going? From my point of view, I think you know it'll be a really close game and if i was to sort of go for a score prediction at the moment i'd I'd go for a draw on that you know i've been thinking about it sort of as we've been sort of discussing the show today and i just can't choose a winner either way yeah it's gonna be a good game uh to to kick up scenes on saturday um i think leeds can have a little confidence after beating bristol city obviously we don't know what's going to be happening in the week but you know if they continue that form i think they're gonna be full of confidence and i think bielsa uh, experiences he, is, he seems to be managing Leeds quite well going into this running so I think they're going to win I uh, haven't been impressed with Sheffield United in, in big games recently I think sort of played quite well against Norwich but didn't get the win uh, looked very poor against Sheffield Wednesday uh, last week uh, and yeah I just think it's going to Ellen Road I'm not sure they're going to 
going to be quite up to Leeds, Leeds' level of intensity. So I think, yeah, Leeds to win that one, I'm going to say 2-1. Okay, yeah, so we differ there, so we won't have the, the same results. So going into the last game, um, Preston against Birmingham. Um, you know, I like to talk about Preston as much as I can on the podcast. So uh, two teams that are, um, you know, chasing the playoffs at the moment. You know, both of us just outside on the um, sort of peripheries of the, the playoff. I think we're a point ahead at the moment of them. Same points as Aston Villa. Um, you know, we're on sort of, the run of the season for us, top of the form table, only conceded six in our last 10 games. So, you know, playing fantastically well. How do you see the game going, Jake? I know sort of a few weeks ago you tipped us to get into the playoffs. Are you sticking with that or do you see Birmingham coming to Deepdale and getting something from the game? Yeah, I did see that a few weeks ago and and, and it's sort of been quite a good upwards curve since then. I think they were a little bit slow after my prediction, but really are moving up that table, uh, four points of the playoffs now got some big wins and I think over that time there's been a couple of draws that perhaps should have been wins and, and maybe Preston could have even more points than they currently do um, Birmingham I think are a funny team I think on the day they're really really good Shea Adams, Djokovic uh, both very very good players uh, Yotta as well, a lot of talent in that team but you know, I think that losing that derby game might might have provided quite a, um, quite a hit on that team in terms of confidence, especially with all the, the stuff going off the pitch as well. Uh, sometimes that can distract things. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think Preston are normally quite good at home, quite reliable, um, especially in big games like this. I, I, I always think Preston, I always fancy Preston do quite well. They don't always do, but on this case, on this occasion, I think, yeah, you're going to win this. I reckon I can see Preston winning this 1-0. I don't think there's going to be a lot in it. Not Normally a lot of goals in Birmingham games, um, but yeah, um, especially recently. But yeah, I'm going to go 1-0 Preston. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think we should just shade it sort of on, on how we've been playing at the moment. Um, obviously not a lot of goals in Birmingham games at the moment and not too many in our games as well, obviously. But a few away games recently where we've put uh, you know, a few goals past the likes of, of QPR, but you know, they were sort of really poor on the day, but sort of home games, especially we've, we've, I wouldn't say struggled because we've got good results, but we, we seem to win them by the odd goal. Uh, I don't know if that's, you know, our play style is better suited away from home where teams are expected to come on towards and we can hit them on the break um, with the emphasis on us at home to, to go out and attack teams and break them down, you know, doesn't really suit us, but you know, Birmingham, a team, as you said, full of quality. So I'd expect them to come and, and you know, sort of have a go at us, which, you know, hopefully work in our favour. I touched on our defence earlier, which has been absolutely fantastic um, over the last few weeks. And I expect that to carry on, um, even though Darnell Fisher is suspended. Uh, that allows Tom Clark to come back in at right back, who, you know, is a more than able deputy, um, sort of captain of the club as well. And, with how well the two young lads are playing at centre back has really kept him out the side this season. So he'll be eager to, you know, stamp down a place in the starting eleven again. And you know, I, I think we should shape the game. Um, you know, hopefully from our point of view, we've uh, going into that game after a, a decent result against Middlesbrough as well, and a, a breathing down the likes of Middlesbrough, Bristol City, and Derby's next. Uh, you know, by this sort of time next week. Um, but with that, we're out of time. Um, if you want to let everyone know, Jake, uh, any projects that you're involved in or, or where they can find you, now would be a good time. Yeah, same as ever. You can get me on Twitter, at Jake Jeff with two N's, uh, or for EPL Index, uh, and sometimes feature on the Premier League show on this channel. So check that one out. Yeah, and as I said at the start of the show, you can reach us on our Twitter page, which is at Championship Pod. 
where we pin each episode as our pin tweet each week. So definitely give us a follow and you won't miss an episode. And there's plenty of things to get involved in in the week as well. And you can follow me on my Twitter page, which is at underscore James Vickers. Um, cheers for joining me today, Jake. I know you've been on sort of a few times recently. Um, hopefully Louis back as well next week and we're sort of back up to a full house. Um, but with that, we'll see you next time. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.